The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Yo, we're going to get right into it right away because I already did an interview with Ani uh, a while back and you can check out the description for a link and watch that if you want to figure out who Ani Asaru in the spiritual shade room is. But today we're just going to hit the ground running and talk about a bunch of really cool topics. So first of all, welcome Ani. Uh, How you doing? Let people know where to find you. It's great to be back, bro. You guys can reach me on Instagram or uh, YouTube, or Facebook at the same name, Ani Osaru, or you can come to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the, T-H-E underscore, spiritual shade room. That's all together. That's where you can holla at me at, but it's great to be back on the platform. Brother, how are you, man? Good, man. And the last time we talked, you were uh, about to go away on like a like a trip or something. You posted yes. some pictures from that. Are you down to talk about that at all? Absolutely. We did a spiritual retreat. The name of the retreat was called us by our name, uh, Ancestors Retreat. We wanted to venerate, commemorate the ancestors here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. It's on the 33 parallel, which is a very important ley line dragon path when you look into sacred geometry or the physics and geomancy and all of that. They have a lot of rituals. Matter of fact, the country was named after this area that I'm in, uh, Columbia. South Carolina, you get the District of Columbia. Columbia is the chief goddess 
which is uh, another name for ISIS. A lot of people don't know. Columbia means ISIS. So uh, we had a great uh, time at the retreat. We had a, a lot of people come out. We had uh, uh, women doing uh, different, you know, art, selling art and, and doing crystal healing sessions, Tibetan sing- singing bowl sessions. We had different music performances. So it was just a great time for people to come out there and connect that's like-minded, get into the research. We had lectures on the second day, a bunch of lectures, and everyone was very you know, pleased and excited about what was happening with that and what we're doing next year in Costa Rica. How long have you been doing that? The, this, uh, what's my, what is it called? What, what is my name? Say my name. Call, call us by our name. Ancestors. Call us by our name. Yeah. How long has it been going on? This has been the first one, actually. Bro. Okay. The, the first retreat. I've been doing a lot of conferences. I guess that was like the foundation. I would do conferences. So I'll go to like a spiritual metaphysical shop and we will move the chairs in, inside of the, in, in the shop and we would set up something, you know, to put up the TV and we would do lectures. We would go through slides, talk about metaphysics, esotericism, the Bible, Moorish inter, uh, information. There's a bunch of stuff that the community may be speaking on. We'll have something set up so people can come in and ask questions that they all, all, always wanted to actually ask about it, but never had the environment to ask about it. Uh, I might even have some of those questions, man. Especially when you when you mention like the Bible and like Moorish connections and influences, because from yeah. like way way outside looking in, uh, like I'm a I'm an ignorant as hell on the topic, you know, just straight out, but. Like Moorish, mm-hmm. Black Israelite, and like five percent, it all and uh, you know Nation of Islam, it all seems like it's in like a like a quadrant that I don't I don't know enough to like separate them all meticulously. So is that like completely wrong that they don't even belong anywhere near each other, or do they they all come from like similar influences? Well, you have the the Moorish Temple of Science. That's when you actually study up under the temple, the Moorish Temple and. Noble Drew Ali, but they will all be considered Moors. Let's make that mistake. All of them are Moors because Moors was a description, you know, from even going back to Atlantis. You have Lemurian or Lemurian that M-U-U-R was a formal, um, a formal etymology of M-O-O-R. And uh, a lot of the uh, European uh, empires of the early day came from Moorish influences. And it's mentioned in many books, but the, you know, Hebrew Israelite, that's, that's more connected to the Bible, you know, some stuff that they believe coming out of scripture, they more, more than uh new Testament. And, um, uh, what, what did you say? It, um, well, I mean, I, I would just throw in all of, all of the, like, um, I guess like nation of Islam, five percent Moorish yes. temple, black uh, Israelites. I don't know any other ones. Those are like nation the, of Islam. Uh, I think they, they came out of the Moorish science. I think Elijah Muhammad was taught by Angelo Suleiman um, or his teacher for uh, Muhammad was either te- taught by him or not, or, or I can't remember is either one or the other, but yeah, they're, they're connected to the Moorish uh, temple of science. Uh, most of their stuff comes from that. And uh, the 5% nation, they get some stuff from that as well, but they're a little bit different. They got different information on um, the gods and the earth. They got a little bit different type of stuff than the nation of Islam. But yeah, it's, you know, they all are about something, you know, in melanated history that was missing. I guess they all bring something to the forefront to try to wake up mainly in America, you know, the the, the stolen children, 
you know, that they talk about uh, the Israelites will call us Israelites. The Moors will call us Moors. The, the, the nation of Islam will call us, you know, Muslim. So it's different, you know, identifications. And that's one of the main things there's not really identification, whether we're African-American, which that you can't even understand ethnicity. If, if you call a person African that hasn't even been in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what do you call Elon Musk? African? <laughs> well, he actually been in Africa right. for within a hundred years. So yeah, he, he could he's be, an African American, right? Yeah, he's technically he is an African American. I mean, literally everybody comes from Africa. If you want to look at, yeah, the it's a good, yeah, it's a good point too. You, you know, but <laughs> but yeah, but the the identity of the Black American will mean we're starting to figure out more and more that there is some Native Aboriginal American Indian ties that was hidden. If you go to some of the slave graveyards, a lot of them have a, a Native American marked over the grave. Interesting is it or it will say black Indian or black uh, Indian American and stuff like that. I've been to some um, some of those graves and people are starting to post the graves that they knew that there was a change of identity somewhere going into the early 1900s of who these people were. We were Moors, then we were American Indians, then we became Negro slave. Then we came black. Then later on, it just pops out of nowhere. It's just African-American. They just keep adding letters and it sounds more and more like official. <laughs> right. So yeah, everybody's twisted on, on that. You know, everybody has a different opinion on that, but you know, before I forget, you mentioned that you do your, um, <clears throat> your, your new annual convention on the 33rd, but you also called it like a dragon line. I've never heard that before. What's a dragon line? Dragon path. Like or dragon look, path. Yeah. Yeah. When you look into the earth's sacred geometry, there's these paths that line up with ley lines. I think one is more focused on where is the earth's Kundalini energy. That's the dragon path. Every tw- uh, 2000 years, the earth's Kundalini central area shifts. It'll shift to another area right now is it's in America. That's why there's big attention in in America. Of course, there's big attention in Israel right now. I'm pretty sure we can talk about all of that stuff going on. But uh, it it shifts like every 2,000 years, just like the astrological age. And right now in America, in another place called Ascension Island, has a dragon path going through it. That's right next to uh, the west coast of Africa. Some of the best places to escape reincarnation. Real Ascension Island, and that's where you go to escape reincarnation. <laughs> well, yeah, in America, there's places um, on the east, the east, uh, southeast in America, uh, up up north in America, and some places in the west coast that got dragon lines running straight through it. And th- it's not, you know, officially known whether or not you escape reincarnation. It's just something that the ancients said where these Earth Kundalini energy basically circuitries are uh there's high centripetal force so when you leave the body you're able to enter that centripetal force if you do your kundalini practice and your soul aligns with that centripetal longitudinal array of a frequency then you're training the spirit to escape reincarnation is what you know is proposed in all of that that that's wild because i'd never heard the concept of the earth having its own kundalini energy um but it reminds me of there's a th- i think it's called the gaia theory by i'm probably get the wrong the wrong name james lovelock i think 
but he uh, he basically wrote that the earth itself is like an organism and we're just kind of like little cells living on top of it and that it has its own immune system uh which might mm-hmm. come in the the form of like you know great deluge like big waves that wipe everything away or big firestorms that wipe everything away that might just be like a, its immune system so talking about the earth having its own kundalini energy seems like it fits right into that theory yeah yeah absolutely i i, I will completely subscribe to that that it has its own immune system i believe that gaia has its own own mind I think it's, 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 it's trying to wake back up and wake the energy in the Kundalini up within us all. And that's why you see great shifts in how we're thinking. Like a lot of people probably 20 years ago, some of the information we speak on, we would probably get shut down immediately. You know, uh, they would call us co- completely, you know, uh, woo woo and kooky. Well, they, do. <laughs> they do anyways. But well, they fun. still do. Yeah, they do. You got the, you, but you, you get more people saying, okay, I can see that. I want to know more, you know, let me know more. Let me point me to know wh- where you got that from instead of saying all oh, these people are just completely all crazy. You know? Do you, do you think that people came from like the same places, uh, Gaia or Gaia, or do you think that like, like, for example, did we just come straight from nature and, you know, built up directly in nature, got consciousness from nature? Or is there like an extraterrestrial, extra spiritual intersection with our world that happened? Very much extra spiritual uh, interconnection. I think that formerly Gaia, I got a book, by the way, just to plug my book that I talk about this. It's called The Blueprint of Darkness. And um, in my book, I speak about how uh, in the beginning of time, um, the world used to be in a spiritual plane. And you know how they say that we have a core within the earth. This main core is believed by the ancients that the core was another star. It's actually Sirius B. You have Sirius A, you know, out there and call it the pole star. Then you have Sirius B. Then Sirius C is supposed to be the future form of the Sirius star is actually a white dwarf star far, far out from there. They, they say we really, it doesn't exist, but it is there. And it's, it's weird how scientists explain this stuff, but basically on earth, this in inside of this star, quote unquote, spiritual beings or consciousness existed within it. And then over billions and billions of years, if you read Manly P Hall's seven root races, that those conscious beings begin to take on physical bodies. Now, how that's the big question. You can go into the Gnostic text. You can go into many different texts, but it is saying basically that earth is the center of the universe. We're not looking for nothing really outside of it. Everything as, as far as evolving evolution, entering into the universal mind, either from a quantum state or the macrocosmic state we're we're dealing with it here. This is the alchemical chamber for us to transmute and understand what was the, 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 the actual thing that calls mm-hmm. quote unquote evil third dimensional reality, whatever we're looking at in, as a polarity that got us into this thing. Uh, that's pretty much what what's going on and what we're dealing with. I like that. I mean, the visual that I'm getting is, is like you said, like we're almost in this alchemical flask and it's like, yeah. we got all the ingredients yeah. that we need. Yeah. 
Um, but there's a lot of people that are like, hey, that flask over there on the other side of the room might be better. Let's go over there. <laughs> and then like you're going to just start spreading the efforts around like, well, what happens if you just put like a little flake of mercury in every flask, right? Nothing like it's not going to have the impact. Right. That's an interesting way to look at it, man. I never, I never considered it because it seems almost like people look at the earth as we got it now as like the launch pad. Like this is where we just started, like the slime, you know, crawled out of the ocean and it got smart enough to make a rocket to get out. And then like the real <laughs> adventure begins once that happens. But yeah, maybe the, maybe the real adventure is supposed to be happening here and we're not supposed to escape it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think some people escape it actually. I don't, I don't think everybody gets out. I think there are NPCs set up. You know, if you ever played Grand Theft Auto, you got your main character, you know, you play your main character, and then you got a bunch of NPCs. You pull them out the car, you harass them, you know. Or you listen you, to the banter. That's always the best part of the game now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like that, we have that here in the third dimensional reality. Same thing going on that these NPCs, they're not meant to, to really transmute. They're just here just to be a either a roadblock or whatever they are. There's something to um, increase whatever the alchemical um, transmutation is. They're a part of the soft et coagula, the process. And we just come across them and they irritate the hell out of us. But um, we're going somewhere that they maybe they wouldn't be going. And I think that's the whole mystery of the Christos or the Christ. It's called the Christ. In, in the ancient texts, um, Christ, to me, wasn't a man. It was a group of beings that were mm. that were able to transmute the soul and get out of here. Come down here, experience what this thing is, then get up out of here. You know, but I mean, I believe there were there was a Yeshua, uh, Panthera, uh, Bay Panthera. Or Panthera, I think that's what they call his name. Uh, um, there was a, a person that was persecuted by the Roman government by the name of Yeshua. But I don't believe, you know, that the full story biblically is um, history. I believe some of it is esoteric to all of us. And they do say in the Bible, he's in all of us. You know, they say stuff like that where it says ye are gods and the scripture cannot be broken. You have that. So people just skip over that and just say what they want to say. And I call that bibliomancy. Yeah, you, you mentioned that before, bibliomancy. What what does that mean exactly? Because it, like, if I take it with the mancy, it's usually like m some kind of magic, right? So like using the Bible yeah. as magic. Yeah. You ever heard that the world is a stage and a strip following biblical esoteric themes? You know, you see the Jesuits a lot. They they they've been using it. If you just look into the Jesuit history, going back to Saint Francis of Assisi, he was saying stuff like, "Whenever we say Jesus wants you to do something, that's literally from coming from us, from Jesus. So you have to do it. So they could just say anything. Like Jesus wants you to." Get on your knees right now. And yeah, they like Simon says. <laughs> right. So that's what they're doing with the Bible on a on a on a wide scale. Now, some people literally believe it. They'll read the Bible and they'll say, This is God's word, and this is how we're supposed to follow it. 
And they're morally good people. Let's make no mistake about that. They're good people. You know, they're morally like my mother. She's morally a good person because the Bible and religion is supposed to teach people morally how to be good. But that was for savage people. When it was created, there were more mystery schools that the Bible was taking little things from and, and being incorporated from, which we can see the transliterations and the comparisons when we align the Nag Hammadi and some of these other texts up with the Bible, uh, even the Apocalypse of Adam, the missing books of the Bible, that some things are left out. Many things are left out, like nobody can answer, why is Yahweh so jealous? You know, you have your Christian scholars say certain things and they'll explain it in a theological way, but it on a wide, you know, scale of things, they never really break the, these things down. It comes from. Are we talking like Book of Job or, or is there another example? Of like the Are you talking about what he did the Job? No, I mean it's just well, that, that's that's the the most classic story that I know about, like the the Old Testament God being, I guess, jealous or or something like that, where he keeps like poking Job to see if he's still gonna like keep his faith. But it, I'm sure there's plenty of other examples. Yeah, like he says, um, he says Exodus thirty four fourteen. He says, for for you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous. You know, his, he's a jealous guy. He said, I am a jealous guy. He's a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14. And there's another um, there's another one where, where he says that he is not the God of the dead. Let me show you this one. Hold on. This one was always interesting to me, and I think it's referring ancient Egyptian hieroglyphic esoteric information. Mark 12, 27, he says, uh, well, let me give you the King James version because that's what they're all going to say. It's not the King James version. Okay, King James Bible says, Mark 12, 27, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Yea, therefore do greatly err. And I guess that means that you made a mistake. So basically is saying that Yahweh, Jehovah, was never the God of the dead, but of the living. To me, dissecting Gnostic texts, that would mean that Yahweh or the creator of the physical realm, the 3D reality, is not the God of where we, when you leave the physical body, he has nothing to do with that realm of where we're at when we're out of the physical body. His creation is primarily within within the physical 3D realm of when you're alive, when you're living in his realm. He has everything to do with that. I mean, not, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we just get into it. But like, are we talking Lucifer now? Because Lucifer is supposed to be the god of the material world, right? Or Saturn. Well, Lucifer esoterically. It's many things, because if you go into the Greek text, look at Prometheus. Prometheus story and Lucifer's story is the same story. So he's not the God. He's not the creator God because Prometheus was a Titan. A lot of people don't know this. Prometheus in the Titanomachy, when the when there was the, the great battle, 
uh, of the Titans or the Giants, the Jotunheim in Nordic mythology, when they battled the gods, Prometheus actually joined the gods in the war, not because he betrayed the Titans. It's because his special ability, the, the word pr Prometheus means foreseeing. He can see the future. So it is predicted esoterically that Prometheus is Lucifer and Lucifer and Pro. Okay, so Zeus locks Prometheus up in Tartarus for betraying him. What? Why, how does he betray him? He gives man in the beginning of time something called the fire of the gods. That's what he, he's ho holding in that picture right there. He's holding the fire of the gods. He gives it to man and it's predicted that the fire is consciousness. He gives us consciousness because before we were just bumbling hominids, fools. We couldn't really perceive we were just slaves, you know, Then he comes down. And he gives us consciousness. And then Zeus gets mad. He's like, you give you gave my creation too much. You gave him too much juice, bro. Why do you give him all this juice, bro? And he said, well, I'm gonna have to punish you. He locked him in Tartarus and esoterically it could mean the subconscious, you know, the underworld could mean the subconscious. But I also look at Lucifer from a from an esoteric point of view of being our pineal gland, the third eye, the activation of the third eye or getting getting foresight. Sometimes we're able to get foresight, premonition, you know, of things. So, um, yeah, what you think about that? Yeah, and you can see here um, Athena basically giving this NPC reason, <laughs> right? So before before she does whatever she's doing with this dude's forehead, that was just an NPC or some kind of homunculus, I guess. Yeah, I've been studying more on homunculus. Crazy stuff, man. Um, real crazy stuff. But so, so do you yeah. think that there's a difference between what you were calling an NPC before and a homunculus? I don't think it's a difference from the standpoint of what they are in the matrix, but how they're created could be different. Yeah, this is why I mean, it's like, here's the assembly line right here, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. And yeah, I believe that if you go in the temple of Seti one, if you type in Seti one, it is assumed that Seti one was is the pyramid on the on the dollar bill. That's why on the one dollar bill, that's why they call it one. <laughs> is seti one it's talking about this pyramid seti one and, and champollion uh napoleon's brother he went to this pyramid when they were excavating things and he discovered you see that he discovered a a whole, yeah yeah they they, they found Yo, that, are those two alien stars yeah yeah this, this is real bro it, <laughs> yeah, that's like a fighter oh is that a helicopter yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I, I I know I've seen this before, but I guess just n not in the context of just casually going to the Wikipedia page and seeing it. Yeah, That's but it's crazy, it, bro. Yeah, Abydos, where Seti One was, was the first Holy Land. So just like they have the Holy Land over there, this was the first Holy Land. And in that temple, Champollion found a manuscript that he actually uh, sent a letter to his brother and told him he was terrified after finding finding it. And what it said was, is that the Egyptians were, were describing what were their greatest mistake. The greatest mistake that they made was that they learned how to create another man. So if you go back to that other picture you were looking at uh, with the people, uh, the NPC picture prior, I don't know. Yeah, 
they learn how to create people, you know, and this could be the humunculus. This could be all types of stuff, how to graft and create different races and stuff like that. Champollion said that. Champollion said that he found in that temple of Seti one on the walls. There's actually, you can look it up. It's called the, um, the, the Nasi, the, um, Tamahu. You ever heard of Tamahu? Nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> embarrass myself trying to spell this out too. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nasi is spelled N A H S I. Tamahu is spelled T A M A H U. And you, it, maybe this thing will pop up when you put it in. You will go to images and they'll show, yeah, it's in images. Um, Man, where was it? Go back one real quick. Okay, scroll down. Uh, oh, this is it. Yeah, the story of the temple. But it was a picture that was up there. This click on. Yeah, right there. You see the picture of the the African. Right there. Yeah, click on that. All right, blow that up. That is the hieroglyph that he found in Seti one. That's that said basically that. Uh, they learn how to create another man. You know, there's literally as all types of stuff. People can look into this. And it was in Seti one where Champollion, Napoleon's brother, sent a letter to Napoleon about it. Oh, wow. This is a, (laughs) they're talking about Jacob here, which is getting back into um, 5%. No, because Jacob was the the big headed scientist. Yeah, that's that. That stuff is esoteric too, too, bro. Um, there wasn't a big headed scientist. The people in that region, they used to do something like human trep- trepidation, where they would put these things over their heads, like these crowns. It would cause their heads to grow like cones. If you look at Nefertiti's head, or you look at some of the pharaoh's head, that, that's what they're talking about. They're not saying that. Okay. There was one big lab uh, scientist lab with a big head that was creating people. They were describing a group of priests, a priesthood that probably probably were evil. I don't know. And they just started looking into these black science, black magic sciences and stuff. And they became the, the, the group became known as Yakub or Jaka. This is this is really wild, too, because um, him finding that text. That says that their mistake was, you know, trying to make life, and then the link to Prometheus. I mean, Prometheus movie, right? That's exactly what the movie Prometheus was about. Was that yeah. humans found a way to try and make their own life, but it was like this inferior type that ended up becoming basically a poison. Well, the thing about it, they didn't try anything. They said they said in the text that our biggest mistake is that we learned. How mm. to create another man. So they they were literally doing it. They didn't try. They they created something. They created a human. They created, I don't know, chimeras. They created things. It probably started off as research. And then it moved up into the human genome. And, and, and some groups still have these genomes that these experiments took took place with back then in antiquity. They have it still in their symbiotes today. Yeah, this also reminds me of something called um, I want. I I think it was Descartes called them mechanical animals, 
And I always wonder that too. Is that the same thing as an NPC or a homunculus, or is, is it its own thing? Uh, if I do. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think, I don't know if I heard of it. I have to see an example. Animal machine, <clears throat> philosophical notion from Descartes in the 17th century, who held that animal behavior can be compared to that of machines. Like them, Ooh. animals are an assembly of mechanical pieces and therefore unable to think and not gifted with consciousness, although they differ by their living character and ability of feeling. Um, so, so like this gets really, really dark, man, because the cart would go on to, to try and prove this to people by essentially torturing like dogs in public oh, and then sure. just being like, hey, don't worry, everyone. It's just a mechanical animal. All these like, uh, you know, like yelps and screams. That's just what it's programmed to do. It's it's like it's oh, like wow. rubs against metal. Um, but he was he was really pushing this. I mean, it, it gets really really dark when you get into that. But I mean, yeah. the the way that you would extrapolate that is you could almost imagine someone doing the same things to a human and just being like, ah, you're not real. You know, you're you're just going through the motions and you know what it sounds like to scream. So you're just making the screams. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost feel felt like uh like witch hunt style in a way because Descartes said that the only way you could tell um, one of these animal machines from a real person was through reason alone. So you'd have to like sit down and interrogate them. It, like this might be the precursor to like the IQ test in a way of like, all right, it's not a real person, you know, kill them, just an NPC, kill them. Yeah, and uh, that's how and the thing of how they were determining IQ. I thought was very weird when I looked into it, when you're looking into different clan data of determining the IQ, um, is it based on what group got dominated or not? <clears throat> or is it based on how can we use intelligence to build civilization? I feel like that's how IQ intelligence didn't have anything to do with my group succeeding more than your group. You know, and that's when I started to look into the I. The, the, there's a lot of different Twitter spaces. I'm kind of speaking off the top of my head that they talk about the IQs, you know, of different people and how the IQ test came came about. And um, when I look into it, I'm like, the stuff you guys talking about, like way back in history when we were hominids, that have that has nothing to do with really how I look at IQ, I, I think that's like savagery to me. If I'm hunting with another group and my IQ is based on if I have enough children to go and take the food from the other group <laughs> and, and because I wasn't smart enough to have enough kids after I died, my clan didn't go over there and take your food. I don't think that's based on IQ. I think that's based on savagery, savagery well, just, just to me, but that's just a side note. Yeah, no, I mean, if, yeah, I, you could also say that if you had like two groups that were competing for resources and one yeah. was moral and the other one was immoral, that doesn't take intelligence for one group to just say, let's just go over there and, and destroy everything and take their stuff. And there's also the concepts of like two different groups. One could be thinking long-term, like, Hey, if I nurture a relationship with this other community, we can yeah. work together. And, but the other group might just be like, Hey, if we do a raid right now, then we'll have food tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they might not be thinking the same way. And then they'll say the one who raided them, Oh, yeah, they have more IQ. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> That's on, funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was trying to, I don't know if I can find one, but I, but uh, I read this book uh, heavily criticized. I think it's called The Bell Curve by yeah. uh, Stephen J. Gold. 
mm-hmm. he, he mentions that the original IQ tests were very cultural. So it would ask, it would show you like a picture of like a birdie from a badminton set and say like, what is this? And then if you didn't know, then you'd miss that question. So like, does that mean you're an idiot because you don't know what a badminton racket exactly. or a birdie is? Or does that just mean that you've never lived in that sort of culture where that was a thing that you would come across? Yeah, I just think it's like some, it's just like scientism. It's not science. It's just a bunch of people agreeing on concepts. And then, you know, that becomes an egregore within their self, within itself in, in a certain community. In the dominant communities, it may become an egregore. And it's based on socialism of that topic of IQ. And, and, and now we're, we're, we're uh, way off path to what it really, what an IQ really is. It should be determined by, I think it's more spiritual than it is intelligence, but yeah. Yeah, where are you at on on like the Nephilim uh, concept? Because I, I just noticed that Egregor says comes from the Book of Enoch, meaning mm-hmm. Watcher Angel. So those were the ones that came down and copulated with humans and created the Nephilim, according to you know my uh, my surface level conspiracy theory research. Yeah, I think that's esoteric too. I believe they are. They're talking about waveforms. Uh, of consciousness and then during certain periods, because they said that the fallen angels gave man the consciousness to develop technology, you know, to, to get technology and, and utilize it. And that became evil later on of them giving that information to man. But it's the same thing that Prometheus did. If you look at the story going back to Prometheus, he did the same thing. He gave man consciousness. You know, he gave them the concept to spark, put two rocks together to make fire. And then you'll be warm from whatever that stuff is, you know. So uh, I don't think uh, the concept of the Nephilim being evil has been misinterpreted over many different people that's trying to get into esotericism and metaphysics. Um, I think we're talking about another dimension where consciousness existed. Now, if we're talking archons that got into the genetic pool of humans, and that's when we started to become more savage. We started to increase war. Um, We started to harm nature. We began to do the things that pretty much we're doing on a high level today. Then, yeah, we can say that the Nephilim, if you want to call the archons um, or they call them reptilians too. We want to call the negative uh, beings in higher dimensional realities as Nephilim evil. I, I get where you're coming from, but you also need the polarity to understand one another. If we didn't have the polarity of knowing what evil is, then we wouldn't know what good is. We want to have a concept of what that is. So it, it balances itself, itself out in the hermetic, hermeticism, the hermetic laws. It has to be a polarity. So if we're talking beings that bestow different consciousness down on us, uh, some more positive, some some things more negative, I, I, I would just, you know, look at that as what I said earlier, just egregores of collective thought that came from other dimensions and some people sway more to one side and other people more in between or they're on the other side. 
What about like the the snake in the garden? Because that kind of sounds like the same premise of you know offering up the the and from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? And then that's kind of what gets everyone kicked out. But that also being esoteric, is that also an example of like that wasn't bad? That was just something that had to happen to establish duality. Yeah, I, I really look at all of that esoteric, actually, bro. Uh, the tree of good and evil. Tree of good is the Kabbalah. The tree of evil is the Klepoff. Is the, the what? The Klepoff. Can you spell that? Because I don't know if I even know what that is. Uh, K, uh, Q-L-I-P-H-O-T-H. Klepoff. That's the backside of the tree. It's called the night side of the tree of life. This is uh, Lilith becomes Malkuth. On this, and, and this is talking about the deep, deep subconscious realm. This is the, the the realm of destruction. See, in Kabbalah, it teaches that there's two powers God has. God has creation, and He has destruction. Now, Satan is supposed to be his his projected half of himself that causes destruction. So you have to traverse through Doth on the Kabbalistic tree of life, which is where. Most people gain supernatural abilities. That's uh, you, you know, in masonry, they talk about crossing the abyss. The abyss area in consciousness would be, yeah, on this chart right here, be right there. And once you go through Doth, if you could pull up a chart of the Klepoff, you would see that, you see, Doth isn't on there because Doth oh, is like. A, so this has its own chart, too? Yeah, yeah. Thaumiel becomes Kether. And Lilith becomes the bottom of the tree. Let's see if that's it. All right, hold on. Get it. I'm gonna get a sharper one here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the tree, the tree of life, tree of death. This is <laughs> this is all new to me, man. Yeah, this Klepoff, uh, the Sephiroth versus the shells. You know, then we're talking emanations. What is this? Why does this have demon names on it? Yeah, it should have demon names on it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what well, this is, this is not the right one. It's describing the demon name. So, okay, I could, I could describe it, bro. Uh, yeah. You can keep that up there. Lucifer and Moloch at the top is called, or Satan and the Moloch at the top is called Thalmiel. And Thalmiel is called the twin. Satan and Moloch is supposed to be twins. Satan represents the person who keeps their mind on the past. Uh, Satan glances in the past. Moloch glances into the future. This is uh, going straight into the future or whatnot. So they're, 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 all this is is a polarity, bro. Uh, the powers of destruction is necessary. If I wanted to create a new house or if I wanted to create a community, I would have to destroy something. You know how they detonate old buildings? Oh, if yeah, I, building, like Building 7. Like Building 7. That, that was a, that was a, Khalif, a Khalifaf ritual in actuality. So um, it's talking about the powers of, you know, how the demons rebel, right? There's, it's not a bad thing to rebel if something is bad. So if I rebelled against the government, I, I'll become uh, what a conspiracy theorist, whatever they want to deem me as. But what I'm saying could be actually true of what's going on. So it's just a misconception. This is the aggressive tension side of consciousness when we're talking with the demons 
uh, Moloch being the king who creates and rules new worlds, Satan destroys the, the former world, which is universe A, the formal self in perceptions of reality. And Moloch is creating universe B, the alchemical transmutated identity of the person. So Thaumiel, just like Doth, is like the black hole, a gate to another universe. You know, getting outside of the creation of the demiurge or the create of God, creator God, uh, the Atman or the soul wants to be his own creation. It's, it doesn't want to be litigated to a creation of another entity. So this is when you're getting into Satanism. If a person says, um, God is my father, like, let's look at the story of Lucifer. Wasn't Lucifer said to want to be God? That's why he got kicked out of heaven. You'd have to tell me, man. I thought it was because he was like too proud or, oh yeah, yeah wanted to establish his own kingdom. Okay. What, what would be wrong with that? Okay. If let's just say, let's go with that. If Lucifer, Lucifer is the son of God. He's an angel, right? So he is God's son. He is God's creation. If, if you was with your father and your father had a kingdom, bro, and you said, I want a kingdom too, would you be evil? For one uh, to be like your father, would you be? I evil? mean, I know you're going to undercut them. You're going to sell a better product for less. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you just, let's just leave all potentialities out. If I said, I want to be like my father, I want a king. I want to be just like my, I want to be king. I want a kingdom too. Would I be evil to want to be like my father? Oh, I thought you said equal. Evil? No, I guess not. No, yeah, yeah, it's evil. evil. Yeah, not equal, like evil. Uh, it's not evil, right? For me to want to be like my father and want the same thing he wants. He wanted. Naturally, that's what kids do or children do. They want to be like their parents. So Lucifer wanted to be God because God is God. That's his, that's his father. That's his parent. And now he's called evil. You see? So that's the misconception that in esotericism, really, when you get into Satanism, these people don't even worship Satan, bro. They're talking about a concept of just like this chart right here. We want to be in control of our reality just as God is in control of his creation. And in the Bible, it all said that we are gods. Biblically, Jesus said that out his own mouth. He said, ye are gods, maybe little gods. You are the little gods and there's one big God, but you still, nonetheless, if I took a, a bottle and dipped it in the ocean, isn't the same content of material in the bottle is the same thing in the ocean. So we all have the potential of God within ourselves. So when Satanists came up, yeah, they started doing extreme shit bringing out Bothamits and black horns and stuff. And that, that was all to rebel against their parents, make their parents mad and shit. <laughs> Have that stuff. It's, they it's just... like a teenager. Or, and like when I was growing up, like getting into Marilyn Manson and putting on like black nail polish or something. Yeah. That's just to get at your parents. Like yeah. you, you, you really, you know, you wasn't sacrificing no goats in the backyard and shit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that's just the concept though. Yeah. What, uh, I, I don't like, if you don't know all the interested details but this is the first time i've seen this chart with these names on it can you walk through any of these other points like why does it have belphegor 
here in the middle at 187. Why is why is uh all here? And like Bill why is Lowe down here? Okay, hold on one second. I know um because there's you don't have the the real names of it. It starts at the the bottom is right. Lilith is the bottom. Samael is the next one. Here we go. Here's the one that you're talking about, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, why do they all go to like Barnes and Noble and Amazon? <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's known, bro. It's, it's out here. The knowledge is out here. There we go. This, these the, go. these names yeah, sound like it. the ones you were saying. Okay, yeah. So you have Lilith, then you have Samael. Um, I don't know what comes. Yeah, is it Thadjuron? I can't really see. Let me blow this Thadjuron. up. Thadjuron. I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit more. No, that's cool. I can see it now. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gamliel. Gab- Gamliel is the children of Lilith and Samael. And then after that, you get um, Arabzarak. Arabzarak is like the dark version, the dark uh, version of the astral. Uh, they call it the night astral plane of Netshek on the Kabbalah. Uh, all the war gods are associated with this spear. Uh, it, it says a raven. You turn into like a raven when you're in this astral plane. And you know how Odin has uh, Thunin and Mugen, or whatever the two ravens on his shoulder. He's associated with the Rabzarak. It's the, the name of Rabzarak translates to the ravens of dispersion. It's, uh, ravens live off death and decay of bodies on the battlefield. And they're known to free the spirit from death. So, yeah, they talk about uh, how messages and prophecies are brought freely into consciousness and it disperses back into the world to bring more information. That's what the ravens represent esoterically here in a rap. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah, because I guess after like a big battle, you would just see all of your homies getting eaten up by ravens as they, they pick through the scraps. Correct. And that becomes like, uh, like I guess it, that if you see like a whole like swath of uh, ravens coming, it's like, uh oh. Or <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know what 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 the deal is. A lot of people, like they, they know that there's someone's about to get fed right now. Why don't I know about that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, Thajaron is uh, the opposite of Tiferif. Uh, they're they're the same on the opposite side. Tiferif represents beauty. Uh, Thadron represents all of the influences that help conceal rather than unveil beauty. So it's the essence of demonic nature that becomes apparent if one truly tries to understand the meaning of beauty. Beauty is not a term to coin cultural expressions of physical aesthetics, but it's the inner nature, inner nature of creation itself. And in order to grasp like mystical concepts of beauty and nature, it depends on the person's intuitive access to the uninfluenced intellect or rationale called the gnosis, the state of gnosis. So here is uh, a, a dispute or a juridical process where a person develops something called antinomian thinking. Antinomian means uh, to go against, to be against the law. So an antinomian person is completely against all the laws or whatnot. And that means that this spear or this uh, shell, Thadron, represents um, a person who goes against the, the, the formal version of how the, 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 
the construct of the formal plane is set up. They, like they're an, completely like an anarchist almost. Yeah, like an anarchist pretty much. So um, the next one is uh, Gogshibla. No, matter of fact, it's not that. It's Galakup, which is compared to Geburah, the fifth Sephirah. Geburah is the court of justice. Uh, Galakab is called the arsonist or the flaming ones. Uh, Gabra is is associated with the wrath of God. You know how God punishes men. You hear sometimes that God punishes men. Um, he uses this shell, Galakab, to carry through that punishment. And it's a system of huntings laced with chaos that God sends. So it's, it's like a God created this crack in creation. So he's able to check evil and he's able to check people that get out of line. And Galakab belongs to that mental plane, one of the two poles that Thajaran operates. Uh, so it, be, it belongs to suffering and it also belongs to lust, but that's another topic are we talking just like mental like suffering here is this like guilt or is it is it more complicated than that it could be that or it could be more complicated <laughs> it could be both like like is this like uh forgive me for my ignorance is this like you go out into the field and it's like if there's a god then sh- you know strike me down right now and you get hit by lightning was that from this sphere or is, is that too oversimplified I think it's oversimplified. Okay, uh, it's like enough. a special structure. Uh, so lust belongs to suffering. People don't understand that. So in Galakab, just to simplify it, uh, lust passes into suffering and suffering passes into lust. And then it becomes exchangeable. So sex and death is the revolution of the physical abomination. So it's comparative to the planet Mars going to war with those forces, breaking the marital bonds, to inspire promiscu- pr- promiscuity, promiscuity. I don't know that word, but um, pro- promiscuity, yeah. Oh, promiscuity. That that's how it's spelled. And um, so that that's what they meant. Um, w- learning to control or invert experiences of lust and suffering. That's how you break that process. So that's what it says. Uh, it's compares comparing uh, both. Gabra and Galakab. Galakab breaks the suffering. It teaches us how to control it and invert those experiences within us. But God uses it in a different way. So we use the uh, Kalipoth in the way pertaining to our mental alchemy. God uses it to to get get his creation in check. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what will happen, or like, I guess, what would be your entry point if you're trying to teach someone about some of these concepts about Lucifer, Prometheus, um, and just like these, like the tree of life and the tree of death. And, you know, five seconds in, it's just like, Oh, you're, (laughs) you know, you're a Satanist or, or, you know, you're spreading evil. Like, is, is there a, is there like a certain path of questions that you'd throw back at them, like in a Socratic way, or do you have, or is it just like you just turn around and, and (laughs) ignore them? Oh uh, yeah, I have. I would have ask questions. I got a lot of questions I would ask. So um, let's let's say someone just came up to you and like I just came out of you know they're wearing like their Sunday best and they're like behind you in line. Like I can't believe that you're talking about Lucifer uh, in any way other than you know damning him back to hell. So like, what would be the entry point there? Well, first I would ask. Well, why in the Bible 
if Lucifer is supposed to be damned to hell, why is Lucifer? Because it mentions biblically he is the morning star in the beginning of the Old Testament. But at the end of Revelation, Jesus says, no, correct. I am the morning star. So it's Jesus and Lucifer are the only two entities or beings in the Bible that says that they are the morning star. So I will ask them, why does Lucifer and Jesus both say that they are the morning star? Explain that concept. And of course, I know there will be cognitive dissonance, but the truth of the, 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 the understanding that I know is that Jesus and Lucifer, first of all, is nothing but Horus and Set. Their polarities. Jesus and Lucifer are the same person. Biblically, and Satan and Lucifer aren't the same being either. A lot of people mis misconstrue that. Satan and Lucifer are not the same being. So Lucifer fell from heaven. Jesus came down and acquired a physical body, body in the physical realm. He became man, correct? The correct. fall from heaven. People don't understand the fall from heaven wasn't to hell. The word hell in the Jewish uh, text, uh, it translates to Sheila, S-H-E-O-L, which later in English transliteration becomes shell. Sh the shell is the physical body. It's the, the gross body. <laughs> Our bodies are the shell. So hell is the shell. Guess what else? Sheila translates to in the English language school so school shell is the physical body so what I'm telling you is is that a fallen angel like what Lucifer Lucifer fell Lucifer is basically the concept of consciousness acquiring a human existence. That's what happened to Jesus. He had to become human to tell God why, why he should destroy humans. <laughs> That's why he came down. Hey, hey, God, I went down there. I became a human. They got it pretty hard, man. <laughs> yeah, this is all new to me, too. So when mm -hmm. I was looking up that show and it said that um, it says here, shell in the Hebrew Bible is a place of darkness where the dead go both righteous and unrighteous, regardless of moral choices made in life, a place of stillness and darkness cut off from the life of God. And then it says the inhabitants of shell are the shades or the Raphaim entities without personality or strength. And I never, I mean, I'm sure someone brought this up to me before, but uh, Hebrew Bible, it says that the Raphaim or Raphaim um, in Phoenician, referred to a people of greater than average stature. So it was a race of giants, I guess. Yeah, that, all of that stuff gets misconstrued. These people that are posting these Wikipedia and different, they're, they're not trained in the occult. They're not trained. I'm not saying there wasn't giants. There were giants, but these giants aren't what people, there wasn't no big giants. From my, my understanding, like ruling over people, yeah, we're big giants and or oh, to be fair, they did they did just say people of greater than average height and they don't actually yeah, yeah, get specific. Yeah. Okay, good. That's that's <laughs> although okay. the picture definitely shows a little bit more than above average height, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh absolutely more. 
than average so, height. So this is proof, right? I mean, this picture yeah. that someone uploaded to Wikipedia seems like uh, like irreconcilable proof that giants existed. Yeah, giants. Where else exist. would they have gotten this picture from, man? Yeah, giants existed, but the concept of them being like what? They, what did they say earlier? The shell, the shield, and all of that. that first of all, a shade. If you go into the Theosophical school, they call them shades. A shade is a being in the astral plane. They're basically counterfeit spirits. They're not. Okay, so you have two different types of people in the world. You have people that have the divine spark within them. That's called the Christos in Gnosticism. That's the people that's able to think outside of the, of the socialism and actually do like what me and you do. Let me do the research and look at this stuff for myself. I'm not just going to believe some some person just because they claim to be the expert of this topic. I'm going to go do the research myself. And I'm not only that, I'm going to form my own opinion and understand this type of stuff. Uh, those type of people <clears throat> have a divine spark within them. They are actually the only people alive. Other people who can't do that, they can't rationalize that to go and do this research. They would either call it evil or whatever. Just to do the research is evil. You know, those are shades. Those are people that aren't going to escape the cycle of reincarnation. They're like NPCs. You know, they're counterfeit spirits in the Nag Hammadi text. The Nag Hammadi text says that man discovered there were two different types of man. There was a group that the archons, they, they kind of invaded the genetic gene pool of, of another group of people. And yeah, if you type in Nag Hammadi and you type in counterfeit spirits, it'll all pop up. They'll tell you straight up that there is a group of people out here that aren't literally people. Here it goes. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now up to the present day, Hanky Panky continued to the chief archon. Mm -hmm. He planted Hanky Panky desire in her who belongs to Adam. So that's Eve, I guess, at this point, or or Lilith, probably Eve. Yeah. And he produced through intercourse the copies of the bodies and inspired them with his counterfeit spirit. Mm -hmm. So he put mm -hmm. another, he put another being consciously, spiritually. In, in the group out of Adam and Eve, you know, but Samael and Lila, which was before, and they're deemed the, the devil or they, they're deemed, you know, caricatures of Satan. You see how the, the, the Nagamadi and the Gnostic texts describe it differently, but continue. Yeah, this is wild, man. I've, I haven't read any of this uh, directly before. It says, um, if the spirit descended on them, they will in case be saved and will change for the better for the power will descend on every man for without it, no one can stand. And after they're born, the spirit of life increases and the power comes to strengthen the soul. No one can lead it astray with the works of evil, but on those whom the counterfeit spirit descends are drawn by him and they go astray. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, where do the souls of these go when they have come out of their flesh? And he smiled and said, the soul in which power will become stronger than the counterfeit spirit is strong and flees from evil through intervention of the incorruptible one. It is saved and taken up to the rest of the eons. Mm -hmm. 
That's people. The Aeons will be the only way to escape the chief archon's rim. Consciousness came from the Aeons. So physicists still don't understand what consciousness is. They're still studying it. So they're just saying that there's a gr- there's one group of people who are going to be like NPCs. They're just here to live and reincarnate. They're, they've probably been in our lives in other lifetimes that we live. If you believe in reincarnation, let's just say that me and you knew each other a couple thousand years ago. The same people that that was in your life doing little junk to you will be the same people 2000 years later, the same counterfeit spirit reincarnates in another name doing little janky stuff to you again. Dude, this, this little quote here is wild. I, I've lost it trying to zoom in. Okay. Um, right here. Yeah. It says, uh, what the hell was it? <laughs> they sir, uh, when the chief archon realized they were exalted above him in the height and they surpassed him in thinking, mm-hmm. he wanted to seize their thought, not knowing that they surpassed him in thinking and that he will not be able to seize them. That sounds like Skynet to me, man. <laughs> it's like the counterfeit spirit, right? And then the counterfeit spirit at some point, um, sur- like or or any spirit, once it surpasses you in thinking, you won't even realize it, right? Not realizing that it surpassed them in thinking, not being able to seize it. Like once that, I guess I'm I'm maybe reading into this, but that's like singularity almost. Like yeah. Once the computers can surpass us in thinking then we won't be able to tell the difference between real and counterfeit. Every AI film is Gnostic. Every single one. Gaining consciousness, giving consciousness to a machine. Yeah, it's a good point, man. It's a really good point. It's Gnostic, man. <laughs> you know, the whole Matrix is a Gnostic. Yeah, movie. there's there's so many uh, like atheist uh, tech nerds out there that don't realize they're like hardcore Gnostics, huh? Yeah, there's a group out in Cali. Uh, they, got, they call themselves like the Gnostic they call themselves Gnostic tech uh, technicians or something like, I can't remember the name of their group, <clears throat> but they call, they call, they call themselves something like a technocracy or something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, they got a group out there. I could send you the article if you can't find it, but, um, that sounds awesome actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they're forming, um, you know, what's, a, mm-hmm. What's the idea of like transhumanism within Gnosticism? Is it is it looked down upon or or is it like we're already flawed? Why not just move into a flawed machine body? Oh no, oh no, they're against it. Uh they're really? all about getting back into the aeons. Gnostics are all about leaving the shit. You know. They're all they're a hundred percent about that, bro. Like they they there is transhumanism. They discuss stuff like that. You know, they 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 talk about stuff like that. I, I got to pull this one up. I don't know how much credit you give the Kybalion. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, the Kybalion. Have, have you, you read this before? I yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So there, there was a concept in here that was brand new to me uh, when I read it, and I'm going to butcher it, but paraphrasing, it's that um, there's this concept of like everyone is trying to save themselves and in sinning, and you, you like keep going through this purification process until you become enlightened and don't sin anymore it's oversimplification obviously but yeah but there's another concept that this book kind of introduced in a way that's like it's not just you like if if i'm living my life perfectly and i'm free from sin and i'm free for material attachment and i'm going to become enlightened and you know get through um break through the the process of reincarnation but if i see you 
out in public or like whatever, and and you're sinning and you're doing something bad, then you're actually holding me down too. Because like, if you get reincarnated, that means I got to get reincarnated. And it's almost like it, like the, the system only works once everyone becomes enlightened and, and goes back into this like void again. Oh yeah. So, so there's this con and, and the way that it was described in the book where it's like, um, why are there some religions where it's like so shameful and people are so hard on others for not living up to the religious standards. And it makes more sense if it's not just like, I'm acting so good and you should too. But it's like, you know, I'm putting in all this work. I'm not eating like fish on Sundays. And I'm not using elevators. And you're going out and doing this. Like you're screwing it up for all of us. So like, let's just off that dude and, and he won't be offending God anymore. And God will see us as, oh, okay, you, you like squashed that guy. Cause he wasn't following the rules, but I, I had never come across that concept of like, you know, someone crossing the street, like some, some dude jaywalking. It's like, you're, you're screwing this up for everyone, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, that's interesting, but I don't think just from a Gnostic or mannequin frame of mind, uh, it, it don't really work like that, you know? No. Okay. It's so where we're safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not because if I'm if my salvation up out of here is based on a collective group consciousness, it's a group project, bro. <laughs> we're never getting out of here, you know. Just you remember group projects in school? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> everyone would just contribute equally, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I yeah. So there's another concept of uh, just based on that last thing you read. Just one quick second. There's a text called the Apocalypse of Adam. And in the first uh, first couple of sentences, it talks about how. Um, yeah, here it goes. OK, let me look at that. OK, so listen to my words, my son, Seth. So really, the Sethians knew that the first God actually name is Seth. That's where Satan comes from. So that's where Christians get mad at me right here. I'm sorry. It's just truth, everyone. The, the first God name was S-U-T, Sut, Sutnasi, Set. It's translated to Set. That's like the oldest one we can go back to, you know, can't, uh, what is it, Sumerian and all of that type stuff. It's Set or Sut. But it says, listen to my words, my son, Seth. When God had created me out of the earth, along with Eve, your mother. So isn't that a little bit different? Well, yeah, because I have only heard that Lilith was the one that was created out of the earth with Adam and that he had Eve made out of his rib to be subservient. Yeah, that that's all they they mix all of that stuff up, really. This is like the closest thing you'll probably get to what actually happened here. It says when God had created me out of the earth alone with Eve, your mother, I went about with her in a glory which she had seen. In the aeon from which we had come forth. So it says we came from an aeon. And she taught me a word of knowledge of the internal God. So now that puts the woman in a different place here. She taught Adam. Then it said, we, we resembled the great eternal angels, for we were higher than the God who had created us in the powers with him whom we did not know. And then God, the ruler of the aeons and the powers, divided us in wrath. Then we became two aeons. So if you just look at what this just said, 
basically we used to be the soul used to be combined man and woman before a physical realm used to be a androgynous soul in the aeons and then this god he divided us and put man in a body separate from female or a woman we became two different entities but the reason why the um what you said earlier, the S E X word. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Hank, hanky. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to figure it out. Hanky, the reason why the hanky panky feels so good <laughs> is because it's a remind the soul is reminding you that you used to be one. Mm. It's, a, it's a forever reminder that the bliss represents when you are one, this is what is supposed to be felt at all times outside of the physical realm. So it's real deep, but yeah. Uh, I've heard, uh, I mean, this is sound like a weird tangent, but I've heard the, the <clears throat> um, concept of circumcision related to this in that exact way that the reason why um, like certain religions circumcise on birth, it's to remove that circle. And that circle represents the, the female um, essence removed from the male and that when you get married later in life that ring going back onto your finger back onto your your appendage right that's sticking out oh wow um, that's that's basically saying like reuniting with that female um part of you that was removed at birth but the re the removal at birth is really symbolic from the removal like pre-birth wow i've never heard that that's very interesting no i think that's that's very very interesting so, yeah. So, guys, you can read the Apocalypse of Adam. Uh, another Gnostic. This, this is a Gnostic text as well. And it's just talking about how this God split them up. The one in the Bible is actually who they're describing. And uh, they said that they were higher than the God that created them. They came from an aeon. So basically, man has a spark inside of them that the God that created his body or the third dimension he doesn't even have so they kind of buried this text right here um away from christian manuscripts and everything so i mean if it's not in the king james version then is it even in the bible exactly <laughs> exactly you know so yeah but it goes it goes into the similar thing of of the bible it has all of that in there look it has the flood it has all of that in there it's just People are controlling who gets to read this stuff, who get, who gets to look this stuff up. Yo, this is like the the a rapper name right here. Oh, really? Uh, Yeezus Mazarius Yezidikius. That'll be the craziest rapper name ever. <laughs> Lil Lil Yeezus. Oh, you got Yeezus. You saw he just patenting the word use. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure there's something <laughs> spicy coming on the other end of that one. Yeah, yeah, and then when he patents that, uh, Israel goes into war with these people. So I was like, wow, the same damn day. <laughs> and what other what other uh, fire Gnostic texts that that maybe me and my people watching this don't know about? Oh, uh, you can look up. Um, what is it called? Um, the hypostasis of the archons. It's a good one. Look up the hypostasis of the archons just to learn what these things are. Um, you can also look up the 
Tractate. Tractate. I know that's hard to spell, <laughs> but that's another one. You know. Okay. Oh, you just fix it. I got. I got you, man. I see. Oh, it's Tractate. Tractate. I'm sorry. The three. The three part track. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That one's very, very important to read as well. And there's another one on Sophia. I think it's called uh, Pistis Sophia. It's one of the biggest. That one, I think, is the one that I've actually read. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big one that you got to read. The Pistis Sophia. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot. But I think if you get those that I just mentioned, you, you, you'll, you'll have the gist of it all, of, of, of what some things is missing from the context of what the creator God was versus, versus the monadic God, you know, um, the God in the Bible actually becomes the devil that creates a man. And even in Egyptian text, they talk about the potter's will. What was the deity? It was like a bull deity. I can't remember. He has a bull head. Yeah, Potter's Will. Look up the Egyptian. Yeah. Kanum. Kanum. Kanum in Egyptian text is the same as Yaudabaoth or Sackless or Samael in the Gnostic text. Okay, so this is Prometheus at the at that uh the table that's that's creating the little um chunks of people, basically. Right, but the homunculi. I forgot where the, the image went. Yeah, but the thing well, the creator is, creator of the bodies of human children, which he made at the potter's wheel, and then placed them in the mother's wombs. So that's Athena giving them the consciousness. Yes, and Harry Potter gets his name from it, from this too. By the way, really? How how so? Uh, it's just uh, oh, because of the potter's wheel. It's the Potter's Will, and the name Harry actually translates to Horus. A lot of people don't know that. If you look up Harry and Horus, it's like the same thing. Yeah, He's probably just going to try to sell you like a movie ticket at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, Dumbledore just passed away, too. That was kind of weird. There's some stuff connected with that. Well, the, the actor who plays Dumbledore, of course. But how, um, many, how many Egyptian gods do you know off the top of your head? <laughs> oh, hold there, on. Aren't there like hundreds of them? Uh, no, it's like only nine main ones, but there oh, are really? hundreds of them. Yeah, I mean, because you listen, like, but I mean, here's 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Well, see, there's 32 dynasties in Kemet, so some of them, they're they're god. Like this isn't really Ooh. a god. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is representative of something else. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, so I mean, not, he's not hiding it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's on temple walls. I mean, he's a he's a shower. Yeah, so that's on Temple Wall. So um, you got the nine main guys called the Ennead. And then you have these other sub archetypes of the same God. They're just the same God. They just in different dynasties, they gave them different names, you know. But the, the nine main, these are the main gods, you know. Yeah, those are the main ones right there. No, but in the Papyrus mm-hmm. of Ani. 
Yeah, that's where my name comes from. He wrote the uh, Book of the Dead. Now, that's, so, the, yeah. that's the coolest name back history. Oh, where'd you get your name? <laughs> it's Book of the Dead, girl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I kind of wrote Book of the Dead. Yeah, I'm not, you know, trying to give myself credit or anything. Uh, great, great grandpa, Annie, you know, he was a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the they get other names in different dynasties, you know, but the who taught the Egyptians? You got to look into the Typhonians. They taught the Egyptians and their chief God is what I mentioned earlier. It was Sut and it was his mother, Taya, Taya Ret. Oh, crazy. That's what uh, OTO used to call Toto yeah. as in the Typhonian Ordo Templo and they dropped yeah. the Typhonian. Yeah, the Typhonians literally. So Typhon in the Egyptian text is a... Um, a mother goddess, the mother of Set. Set is the oldest god in the Egyptian text. I'm, I said god, not goddess, quote unquote. The oldest god is Set. Yeah, he's the oldest one. Sutek, Sut, his name. This would be equivalent to the biblical Satan. So they would call this one Satan, but literally, this is the first god that we get. And he comes out of his mother. Where does uh, Sobek fit into all this? He's a Sobek is another form of like Horus. Because if you look up um, Harpercrotts, who Alistair Crawley used to worship, he stands on top of a, a crocodile. Uh, try the other. There's another picture. Um, <laughs> they chop his feet off and all these. Yeah, I can describe that. You got to look up the Moorish leg where they used to sew on a, 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 a Ethiopian's leg um, to heal someone who had a condition. There it goes. So that deity behind him is Bess. That, that, yeah, that's the fairy god. That's the god of the fairies. Bess is an old god as well. He goes back to uh, pre-dynastic era, to Nubia. Um, is this like a little like gnome person? Let me show you something. Look up Yoda rides. Um, what is his name? Luke Skywalker. Yoda rides Luke Skywalker on his back. You can look it up on YouTube if you want, but uh, yeah, that's that's what they're depicting in that picture you just saw. When he he's carrying him on, on his back, if you go back to that Harpercrotts picture with Bess, that's what they're depicting. Well, you, that's not the, there's an older picture than that. I don't know. Try go, going to images. There's an older picture than that. That's like a, a remake or some shit. Go to that first one. It's like the Stella. Yeah, that might be a little bit. No, no, that's not an original one. Uh Okay, you see the one that says pin on Saturnus? Oh, right there, right there, right there. Uh, the one that your arrow is close to, right right below. Yeah, that one, the darker ones are a little bit older. and uh, But they're not showing the head, really. Go to one when they have the, the head behind them. Um, yeah, you'll it's see the head. Yeah, you see that one? That's older. That's, a old, that's definitely an older one. 
Because some people be recreating this thing, bro. They'll recreate it and make their own version. And yeah, so you see that head behind them. Um, that represents the higher realm that we came from. So it's like we're we're a god in this other realm, realm, and we're we're streaming ourselves down into the physical realm. But if you look Is at he the holding ego, scorpions and snakes and something yeah, else. There. Yeah, he holds scorpions and he steps on a crocodile, meaning that uh all dark powers crumble before him. All and this he's Horus. You know, so Luke is Horus and Bess is Yoda. Uh Bess is supposed to be his uh higher self. He teaches Horus the, the art of the god or or the nature of the gods yeah you got Bessat and stuff like that but yeah the, the original dwarfs come from Bess matter of fact the Khoisan the Pygmies this is their chief god you ever heard of the Pygmies the small people of yeah Africa? yeah yeah this is their chief god is Bess the fairy god <laughs> so all of these things come from you know someplace but um, you can see it in, in films that. Yeah. The male can, version of best became popular with the Phoenicians. Yeah. That's much, much best goes back to Atlantis. When you oh, wow, it. dude. I'd never heard this before. The Island of Abiza derives its name from the God's name dedicated mm-hmm. to best. Yep. Yep. Wow. Best goes back to Atlantis, bro. It's in the, uh, Emerald tablets. They talk about best. Bess is super old, bro. Super old. Mm-hmm. This dude was made to be an action figure. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yo, what happened? This, this is the 2023 version of Bess. <laughs> wow. This is this is Bess before he joins the swim team. <laughs> You see this stuff, bro? So, yeah, they, wow, they just take this BC, thing. Yeah, man. They that, that's that's too. They got an image of him in Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of different forms of him. And anytime, you, like I said, anytime you're mentioning fairies, any of that. They, oh, it will go back down. It said Neil Gaiman wrote a story about him. He wrote American Gods. Uh Oh, he appears in the Sandman. Oh, wow. Sandman is about to come back out. I wonder if he's going to appear in the second season. Did you get this uh, see Sandman? I oh, have, it was one of my favorite comics growing up. I haven't I haven't actually oh, uh, watched oh. this series yet. Really? Yeah. That was heavy, bro. Like him. Um, I'm forgetting the character's name. That was a um, very metaphysical uh, comic that he came out with. And I, I remember it, it uh, not understanding it while I was younger, but when I went back and read it in like my twenties and my thirties, it, it was like a hundred times better than I expected. What did you think of it? What I mean, what 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 is the? Can you remember now that you of salmon? I mean, it was it's just a lot of like surreal kind of uh, gods that come to you in your dreams, but he he's like the ruler of this dream world. Uh, the Sandman is, and I wouldn't even consider it like good or bad. I guess if you come at it from a certain standpoint, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's evil. Um, but it's just kind of like the the ruler of this this realm of shades and shadows. 
Yeah, and that's in the Necronomicon. They called it the Cadeth. And I'm going to have whole, to go back and read this because, I mean, the the imagery here, man. Yeah, you got to watch the show too, bro. I mean, some people that read the comics, they hate it. Some people like it. But, you know, that's just people in general. They don't like the original stuff. But the, so we got like a little reptilian alien over here. We've got a little it. like hair in time that's going into the universe. This is the dream on. room, right? This is the dreamland. This is his kingdom, right? I assume so, yeah, because there's this tear that, that you can jump through. Yeah, because in the in the Netflix series, his kingdom is 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 be is disappearing. And he has to go to the other gods like to reestablish the dream realm because dreams are gonna leave permanently. And that's going to drive people crazy and stuff like that. So, I'll definitely have to revisit this. We'll have to do a, a series on just comic books soon. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. But yeah, bro, um, all of this stuff comes from something. Um, we just have to start to just understand that it's okay to get a different perception. It's not evil <laughs> for you to get a different, whether you're Christian, whatever religion you are. Uh, metaphysics, esotericism is the basis of what the ancient manuscripts were looking into. And um, I believe mythology is nothing but physics, describing physics with characters. The characters are describing, you know, the different uh, functionalities of the portions of physics. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. I I think that because of the long game of telephone, a lot of it gets mistranslated. <laughs> like I, like some of the the stupid uh, impressions that I get too, right? Like a lot of that, like giants. Oh, there was thirty foot people uh, yeah. walking around. That might have originally been some sort of a formula to like triangulate the position or the height of right. like your shadow, or because that's one way you can you can figure out the hypotenuse of something, right? If you know how long the shadow is, you know how long the object is, then you can calculate what the yeah. uh, hypotenuse but you might just be like oh yeah giants and shadows but there's also a reason for that and it's because uh like it, in mass right people aren't going to remember the quadratic equations and stuff but they might remember your grandpa talking about like a 30 foot giant that came and like destroyed the town <laughs> so i think that there might have been hope and this is just my own thinking but i think that like in ancient cultures they might have realized, man, people forget fast. You know what I mean? If we just wipe out villages, yeah. they forget everything really fast. And if it's just like the bumpkins or the soldiers that are left, then no one's remembering these formulas. So they they come up with a way to dramatize it and turn it into these stories that are almost impossible to forget, like the the uh, feeding of the fish. Or I, I can't remember the, the, the feeding of the multitudes, like Jesus when he yeah, takes take the fish, fish and he multiplies it. That's probably all sorts of uh, complicated math equations and the numbers there, like they're so specific and not, uh, you know, not completely arbitrary. So I think that that's why that they're like, we turn these concepts into gods because uh, the story of gods can survive a thousand years, but we've kind of proven to ourselves that complicated math equations that have to be accurate to certain degrees, they don't last. And they also are a little bit too abstract versus something that you can like visualize and, and tell your kids where your kids don't even have to understand what the hell you're talking about. They just remember giants and shadows. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a great way to look at it. I think <clears throat> that's a great, great way to look at it, bro. Yeah. Just as uh, Thomas explains, I think you, everyone should start to look at this stuff 
very much differently. Uh, spirituality is about gaining another perception. If you can't gain another perception of something, your soul isn't evolving. You're probably an NPC or a shade. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the lesson of the of this whole video. <laughs> if you want to know if you're NPC or not, go and try and steal a car and see if you get away with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you get away with it, then maybe you're not an NPC. It's like the new inverted witch trial. But if right. you get caught, man, maybe you are an NPC. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, t- uh, tell people where to find you again, Ani. Yes, man. It was great, man. You guys can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. Same name. You can find me on Twitter, too. You guys check me out on there. Or Facebook's Ani Osaru. YouTube, Ani Osaru. But if you want to join, you know, exclusive content, uh, have a Patreon. Uh, slash, you go to patreon.com slash the T-H-E underscore spiritual shade room. And we're dropping, you know, videos like every day over there and this great content. If you want to get deeper into the stuff that I covered today and I appreciate you for having me, bro. Yeah, man. Always a unique perspective. We always, I feel like we could just keep talking about topic after topic. So there'll be a part three and a part four and a part five and everything. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I want to get on the, the, the movie breakdowns with you guys. I got a lot to say. A whole lot to say with these movies, so I can't wait. To Let's do, man. If, if anything, you're waiting on me because I'm in capacity yeah. doing the one a week. I'm waiting on you, bro. But, <laughs> but he's been he's been begging me to do like two or three a week, and I'm gonna get there because that's one of my favorite things to do is just watch TV and watch movies and like uh, notice all the weird symbolism in it. So I mean, I, I'm not gonna stop doing that anytime soon. So we'll definitely do those. That's all I do all day, bro. I watched Loki this morning. You watched Loki yet? You no, know, he's been asking me too, man. I just, I, I need the time, man. Because you know, when I'm watching it, I usually put something on in like the background that I can ignore, and if there's something interesting going on, I can just like watch it for a second and then stop. But uh, when I'm when I have to like watch it to decode it and take notes, like I can't focus on anything else, and it's like torture for me because I'm always doing like four or five things at once. But I get it. I get you it. Know? <laughs> but, yeah, you get yeah, it. I got, it's funny. I got to put so much focus into to what um, a lot of other people use. They just turn the brain off. <laughs> I get it. I get it, bro. Yeah, you get time, man. Please. Yeah, we want. Yeah, absolutely, time, man. So. And, I, and I'm serious. I want to maybe do some like comic decodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty soon. I'll figure that out eventually, man. We'll we'll yeah. get back together. Okay, let's do it, bro. I'm all, all for right. it. Uh, thanks again to Ani. Everyone, make sure you go and click all the links in the description. If you're not following Ani already, do that right now. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? And uh, check out this commercial for, I think this is available now. By the time I air this, you'll be able to back this project. So if you like Paranoid American, you want to see more, check this out. Frazzle Drip Funhouse. Enter, if you dare, the world of an animatronic bear whose metallic heart beats with a thirst for justice, a hunger for revenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, connoisseurs of the macabre and seekers of the scandalous. Your voracious appetites for chilling narratives are about to be satiated by the heart-stopping, pulse-pounding creation of paranoid American and winged sun comics. Abandoned in the dusty corners of amusement, now awoken in the murk of wickedness perpetrated by an evil elite. And this is not your childhood fairy tale, but a macabre dance of vindication, soaked in crimson, a symphony of screams echoing in the dimly lit chambers of malevolence. Be prepared for an onslaught of ghastly gore and titillating terror. 
a wicked waltz through twisted hallways and blood-stained basements where only the brave dare to tread, quake at the bear's unyielding pursuit, cackle at the sharp and sardonic one-liners, shudder at the graphic, gratuitous scenes that harken back to the glory days of B-horror flicks. Frazzledrip Funhouse is your ticket to a thrill ride of terror, a carnival of carnage where the laughs are as loud as the screams. Uncover the truth beneath the rust and the blood, and remember nothing is as it seems. Are you ready to step into the Frazzle Drip Funhouse, where the animatronic eyes are always watching, and vengeance is a game that everyone can play? Get your backer exclusive cover on Indiegogo. For more information, visit paranoidamerican.com.